From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Ha! Still not canceled, boys. Still not (laughs) canceled. Man, if you are listening to this, this is episode like nine. Or yeah. 10, depending on how I edit it today. Yeah, cut it up. Just yeah. depends how we cut it up. I don't know yet. We'll figure it out when we do that. That far in, huh? But wow. Man, good weekend. It was a great weekend coming back after the holiday weekend. Football is back. I don't know how much football you guys watch. I know you. Uh, I watched. Too you much went. Football. Yeah, you watched too much football. Yeah, yeah too much football. But you actually went to a game this weekend, right? UCLA, LSU at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Yep. You got to pull the mic up a little. Pasadena. Yeah. How, how was that, man? Gong show. I uh, went there with uh, a bunch of people from Swamp, LSU fans, oh boy. Cajuns. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, to true to form, they uh, you could tell what state they were from without them telling you. You know what's funny? <laughs> I, went to the, I, I, went, I went to the opener. I went to the LSU opener, actually. I think it was two years ago, a year ago. And um, it, was in, it was in Nashville. And they drank the town out of vodka. Yeah, like I said. They just, weren't, they, just weren't prepared. they just weren't prepared for it. Like I said. <laughs> you know. My cousin went to an Alabama game once. Um, they were playing Thank You of You. And they got made fun of left and right the whole weekend for putting gel in their hair. Like, that you could tell who was from where. Wait, what year was this? Oh, oh this no, this was not that seven? long what are, ago. What are we talking about? <laughs> no, this was not that long ago. He's like, yeah, you could definitely tell where we were from. So, yeah, not having yeah. hair gel. <laughs> not having hair gel. I'm just saying. Well, you know, I, for me, man, the best story of the whole weekend, for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, obviously, uh, you know, the Florida State University is near and dear to my heart. I love that team as much as you can love a human baby. Go no. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, if you didn't, everybody saw it. It was, it was probably the most watched game of the week, which I loved. Um, but Mackenzie Milton, dude, this cat. Um, for those of you who don't know, McKenzie had a storied career at the University of Central Florida. Um, he was part of their <laughs> national championship year <laughs> when they just decided to give themselves give rings it. for whatever reason. They were. That was a power move. Yeah, that wasn't. <laughs> That's that, you know a what? power move. That was a, you know what? I don't have the new noise. We're, we're going, <laughs> power move. Yeah, we're going right for the, we'll go for the horn because that was. Beautiful. But no, but but giving yourself a ring, that, that's a pretty strong move. But anyway, regardless of that, he finished in like top 10 of Heisman uh, votes and had a catastrophic leg injury. And I'm talking about like not like Alex a, Smith. Yeah, dude. Like, like they thought at one point, you know, not only did he blow the leg out, then he had a major infection and they thought they were going to have to actually like take the leg at one point. Like he was going to be one legged guy, you know, like forget football. And, you know, he went through the surgeries, did everything he could do and all of those things. And the doctors told him, you know, Hey, it's nothing's impossible, but you know, you're not going to play anymore. And this Sunday, man, fourth quarter down by 10 points. What happens by the luck of the eye? Well, not, I got the luck of the Irish because I went (laughs) up into the game. Yeah. Yeah. But, but by the God's powers, our quarterback, uh, Travis his, his helmet gets knocked off and who comes in the game? Mackenzie Milton. And he proceeds to do, I mean, the first thing he did was run out there and throw a 22 yard, just strike lit it up right down the field and then marched the team down for a touchdown then marches them down again for a uh, game tying uh, field goal which goes over time which they lose now granted they would have uh, you know I think they would have probably had it not been for a bad snap he could have taken them for the win who knows snapping was an issue which hopefully they're working on but when you see that story and then you see it blow up everywhere it was the story from college football this week and you, you think a lot about adversity in people and when I saw that, 
the first thing I always think of is, believe it or not, there's a there's a stupid there's there's a scene in Pirates of the Caribbean, that movie with Johnny Depp, and I always remember this one line from that movie, and it's where he's sword fighting with the young guy, whatever his name was, and the guy says, "Oh, I would have killed you in a fair fight," and Johnny Depp says, "Look, there's really only two l- rules you need to think about. It's what a man can do and what a man can't Did. do, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yep. There's no such thing as fair. So when you look at what he was able to accomplish to overcome that." And it was over a thousand days out of football. Uh, it, it's astonishing. It's just yes, astonishing. Wow. Yeah, Alex Smith too was one of those stories where you go, you literally had every reason to just give up. Like all medical science, all good reason and rationale said, "Hey, you are literally going to lose a leg. We had to get you to an army hospital where you know victims of IEDs come. That's how bad your football leg break was." You look at the Namaths and you look at, you know, some of these horrific injuries in sports and you just go, wow, a lot of them don't come back. I, it, it's it's crazy. I, at that point, you just look back and what's important to you. And I'm shocked like an Alex Smith is, you know, he's already had that career. And to go through that, through all the stuff he had to, I mean, I guess you step back in time and say, what's really important to me? And to these guys, football is. I mean, I, I don't think I would have done that. But, but I think it's, it's more than that. I think having a level of resiliency to yeah. overcome you know, yeah. obstacles, mm-hmm. problems in your life. Now, granted, I, you know, I've never had anything happen to me like that where my leg was right. shattered and I almost had to cut it off. You. And I came yeah. back and almost won a damn football game in front of you know, 70,000 people. But one of the things that I'm very proud of for my time on The Apprentice was – they gave put me through a million tests there, psychological tests, all of those things, IQ testing on the show. And I was told by the head psychologist of the show, uh, Dr. Liza Siegel, who went on to write a book about the psychology of the contestants on the show, that I scored higher in resiliency than anybody else they'd ever had on the show. Right. Hmm. And, um, and they thought that kind of my backstory and how that was was a little fascinating because as a kid – you know, my parents got divorced when I was very young. I know boohoo, everybody's dead, who cares? But when they got divorced, my mom went to work and nobody was really there. So I didn't have, from the time I was probably six, I didn't that have like, kid, yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't have that parent home. I didn't come home and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich waiting on the, uh, wait, waiting on the counter. And I never really realized it, but our next door neighbors across the street, um, my buddy Grady, his mom was like, we, she was like the peanut butter jelly mom. That's what I call her. So like, that's where the kids went after school. We all played over there. She made sure we all ate, she took care of it. And as an adult, when so many people like look back at those things as a crutch in their life, like, Oh God, you know, I had this terrible childhood. Nobody was really around. I had to take care of myself. Yeah. It never even occurred to me that was a problem right. because rather than, rather than, than wallow in it or figure it out, even at a young age, I just found what I needed somewhere else. Right. It's just what I did. Perspective. It's funny you talk about these football players. There's a, they're the ones who, if anybody's going to get over something, it's them. They have the resilience. That's why they're playing for NFL, national yeah. teams like that. That's why they're playing for these because they have resilience. Because think about what you have to do to get to that level, just to even be a college recruit. Yeah, you got to not only be the kid that makes it through and not quit and give up, but then you got to get through high school, play four years, and impress somebody and stick with it and have and deal with coaches. And other people in your team, maybe like there was Richie Incognitos when you're in your ninth grade. Oh, God. No, but you know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. there were serious Which bullies that a lot of people would have quit. <laughs> for, th- for those of you who don't know, Richie Incognito <laughs> oh. made a name for himself in the NFL by bullying people literally out of the NFL. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and those yeah. are guys in the NFL he could bully them out. And those guys exist in high school. And then they come and exist in college and then whatever. So to be at that level, there's all these guys. Your job's never safe. You have to, by your very nature, be a resilient person in order to even get there. 
I think sports is great that way. I think sports is kind of a mini simulation of what life is. Totally I mean, agree. You, you deal with coaches who are kind of like bosses, other people. You don't like and you have yeah, to Yeah, I mean, yeah. when I was, I don't know, sophomore, I mean, I had universities like, oh, you're a good quarterback. We're excited. We're excited. And the coach is like, well, you're too mean and you're too fast. That's his exact words. You're too mean and you're too fast to be a quarterback. I'm putting you at safety. I'm like, what's this all about? Got I've been a quarterback feet. my too, whole life. Too, too, too fast. Yeah. Yeah. He's got quick feet. The same honeymoon complaints we got. From <laughs> yeah, <Richard>. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was like, what, what is going on? I've been a quarterback my whole life. And then all of a sudden I found out his kid was transferring into sure. So, yeah. you know, you had to step back and say, well, is football important? There's another quarterback in the same situation a year younger, and he walked away from the I know. stuff. But, you know, I think well, that's my, what's here's, great about Here's sports. my question. What was it like when you found out you were 17 still playing peewee and your parents were just nobody <laughs> by to tell you? What was that revelation well, I, really, like? I just thought I was a tall kid. I thought I was, I thought really I was real good. tall. I thought it was, I was really like, good. Wow. Yeah, but you know what's funny? I hear a lot of people, and this is going to – this kind of – I don't think it should be a controversial statement, but I think it is. You just talk about sports okay. and what that does to develop you as a person of character, right? Um, everybody that I know – so athletics is the number one thing, I think, predictor, whether women – girls who play sports whether or not they'll be straight a students have teen pregnancy issues girls that play sports don't yeah. have teen pregnancy issues girls that play sports are going another direction. No, no, girls that play sports in high school <laughs> don't have um they get uh, good grades disproportionately and they stay out yep. of trouble and they don't get arrested yeah. or whatever oh, sure. absolutely playing agree. sports is a good way to humble your ego because you have to get hurt sometimes and you hurt people sometimes and you learn all those things the kids that i know that complain about how tough their lives were or all that situation are kids that most often didn't play sports. Yeah. No, I, 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 I totally agree. And that's why, you know, with our kids, we said, you know, you, you don't have to play everything, but you got to play, gotta play something. You got to do you something. something. No, you yeah. got to pick something and figure out whatever that might be that you're, you're going to play, but you got to do something. You got to do something. Do and, and I like combat sports for kids. I think kids learn, and not forever. You don't have to take it up as a martial art. My daughter, I'll be have her in jujitsu. My oldest, I tried to put in jujitsu. She hated it. But she tried it for a little bit. She genuinely hated it. She was getting ragdolled by kids half her size. Oh, God. And it's just not in her personality. So now she sticks with volleyball. Yeah. I tried tennis and basketball. We tried all the yeah. different sports. But you have to do something. You have yeah. to be out there. And, and the things she gets from it are obviously teamwork. She has to. She faced adversity because she was sitting on the bench. She played club volleyball for years. And she got a school coach last year. Yeah. And she sat. And we're going like, wait a minute, we thought she would be yeah, you're like, number wait, one. Right, right. And not here, even right. just as a parent, but just because yeah. she's tall, she's played for years, she's always been you know, great on her teams, mm-hmm. and just didn't work out for her last year. Yeah. Maybe it was her attitude, Maybe, but she had to face it. She had to deal with it. I think, I think how you react to adversities, I mean, you see people, they'll, uh, they don't react too no, well. Fold. I mean, you, you see people throw fits. I mean, Freak just out. even in the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. some of these guys have been so good their whole lives. They've been so above everybody. They've get hit in the face once and they fold they get, you know, they, you know they, that was that was one of my biggest issues for a while there i kept hiring these guys to work for me that and, and i just wound up with this this slew of guys that had been d1 pitchers in baseball and drafted into the triple a's um that is a really that's a tough mind bend for most people because these are people that have been told they're special literally their entire life mm-hmm. like you're special you're special you're special you're special all the way to when they get drafted out of high school or college, whatever it is, and they get drafted drafted into the pros, and then it just never happens for them. And all of a sudden, yeah. they go from being super special to being you know, a on, normal. On a bus, playing in some third division, 
Yeah. The worst when, when it's over. Year. Oh, I'm when it's, when it's over. When, it's it's over. Over. when they're done. That's almost better, like in some ways, than these guys that go play minor leagues because there's this this hope of something, but they're yeah. making literally nothing. They're making a pittance. Yeah. You go from Lonely making millions sandwiches. to like 30,000 yeah, a year. Like really, really low wages, and you're on a bus. You're not on chartered jets. No, you're not. But you're on a bus, and you may get called up, may get called up, and you're playing and playing and playing, and nothing ever happens. That is weird because – it seems like it's just so close. It's like the three feet from gold right. at whatever, yeah. Napoleon Hill or whatever. Yep. I don't know if you guys. <laughs> or 10 feet from stardom. The, or whatever it yeah, is. It's basically stuff. that thing where it's like, look, you got to you gotta stick, oh, I'm gonna stick with it. And then you turn 30 and it's like, okay, now, now beat it. So when you got, let's talk about it personally then. So when you've got something facing you, um, it's grinding on you and you want to, you know, you've got something in your face. Yeah. What steps do you make to push through that, to drive yourself to get there? What do you I do? absolutely attack it. I will get up. It will keep me up at night. I'll wake up at three in the morning and go to the office. Really? Yeah. Because I, I can't, I don't do well when things are hanging over my head. I'm not somebody that can live with the sort of Damocles. Like mm-hmm. I have to address it. I have to face it. I have to Damocles. Go. There you go. There's your Scrabble word, kids. Yeah. The, can you spell that? There it is. Use Damocles in a sentence. Every, you know, it's, this, you know, if, I tell you what. If, you if this it. podcast does nothing more, it's going to expand your vocabulary. Oh, for it's, sure. It's going to do it. You know, if you know how to no spell it. How to spell that? I'm going to make them sort of spell Damocles. everything. Damocles. Yeah. All right. Sort of Damocles. It was hanging over Damocles. It's that thing. It could drop at any second. Got it. And it's the idea of this thing that's. See, as, as normies just say, the other shoe's about to drop. Yeah. Or that works, too. Yeah, that okay. works. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> so I'll get up. I'll, I'll wake up. <laughs> if I have a big motion or something, I will get up, and I will sit there. I'll get up at 3 in the morning. I'll go to my office till like, 10 at night. But it has to get done. It has to be addressed. You know, I don't like things lingering over my head. That's because I'm type A, yeah. and I need mm-hmm. to have the power back. It, you know what? That's a, that's a great that's a great way to put it because I got to tell you, for me, nothing makes me more anxious or upset or just out of sorts than being on defense. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And when things happen, like this weekend, we had something happen, and it put me on defense a little bit for a second. And I just said, you know what? I'm going full offense on it. So, and, it and I'm not even going to get into really what. Well, I mean, I t- I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was. Yeah, let's hear. It. Let's talk about it. Can't so tease us. No, this weekend. So, um, you know, real estate is an ever evolving world. It's ever, ever moving, ever, ever, ever cruising around. And, and some nominations came out last week for a, a local publication here in Las Vegas, the paper, and they do this best of every year. And, you know, it's nice to be nominating these things, but we don't put, a, I don't put a lot of, a lot of stock in them. Cause again, I think the decisions come out of the sales department right. as to who wins these things. And there was something really weird that happened with these nominations. And it is, and it's this. So I looked at the nominations and, and for, we got nominated again for best real estate company for that. Okay. But we did not get nominated for best luxury real estate company, which I thought which was that's... really weird. I thought I was like, we literally have billboards all over town that say number one in luxury. Literally that billboard yeah. is everywhere. We have the highest average sales price of any large company. We sell a truckload of ginormous properties. If you look, if you go to the, to our website, simply Vegas, it says the core business that we are luxury service, luxury homes. <clears throat> and I couldn't figure out why, we were not on that list. It, it just, I, I just struck me as odd and kind of moved on. And then Friday, I guess it was, an article came out in the paper. And there is a large, semi-large firm um, out of California expanding into Vegas. And they've done some mergers with some people. And good for them. That's great. But the level of cockiness in this article from the CEO or CEO, whoever this guy is that owns this company about how they're going to come to Vegas and dominate the market. The level of arrogance in that statement 
bothered me. Sure. Right. And what's cool is they, they actually interviewed one of my, uh, one of my counterparts in another company, you know, one of the other big three, you know, we're number three, the number one company. They interviewed this guy and it was funny how quickly he just dismissed it. He was like, who, uh, what? <laughs> who oh, okay. You? Cause they're like, we're going to be number one in 18 months. And he was like, yeah, interview the guy again in 18 months. Yeah. And so here I am. So I start kind of putting the pieces together and then I see that they're average. This company has been around for five minutes in Las Vegas. And I go back and I look and I realize, and I see now that company's name is, is in the running for best luxury firm. And they've been around for literally five minutes. And I, I put the pieces together in my head. And I'm like, that's already bought and paid for. Bought and paid for. So I'm like, I, I can already tell you who's going to win that. Cause they've already bought and paid for it. Cause this, this, firm is equity money based or backed. Right. So I was like, all right, that's, what's going to happen there. But it, 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 it pissed me off. And I lost some sleep about it last night. And I called, uh, I called Gavin this morning, my partner. And I said, look, this is where we're at. I'm a little irritated by the arrogance of this person, uh, of what happened. And I'm a little ir- I, I'm, I think it's funny. We were not included in the, in the comments. So, and, and I thought about it. I said, the reason they're probably not including us in their comments, because we have a high, we have a higher concentration and collection of high end agents here than anywhere else, anywhere else in the city. Right. And I said, these people are going to try, they're going to try to use this against us to try to pick our agents off. So I came in today and got to my director of growth. And I said, dude, I want you to pound this company with, I want you to call every one of their agents and I don't care what you want you to do. I want you to recruit every single one of them. I want you to pound them. I want them to rue the day they decide to pick up the phone <laughs> yeah, and call my them. company. Right. And, and I think, and I think that's what it's, it's about strike. Yeah, kind of, but it's more about just, it's more about if I'm in control of my destiny, I feel better. If I'm going to be, oh, if, I, if, if I'm going to be in a, swinging, uh, yeah. yeah. If, if I'm going to be in a car crash, that's going to go off the side of a cliff. I want to be, be behind the wheel yep. and that's it. And I think being in, keep in mind, I have no fear really of this company. No, no, but it's just principle. Yeah. I I was aggravated by the arrogance that somebody thinks they can just come to the market and do what this guy says they think they can do. So yeah, full on onslaught on their agents. It's going to be a relentless push. It's not going to stop. (laughs) And, and, and I'm going to recruit every single, you know, obviously we don't hire every agent because we only hire quality, but any agent of substance that works at that company, I'm going to go get, and I don't care what we have to do to go get them. And and that's shots fired. Well, and then that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? That that's my whole deal. Right. So I think, you know, a big part of it for me, if you're dealing with some sort of adversity is you've got to do something to get off the defense and get on the offense and take control of a situation. I feel better. I I personally feel better. Some people like to just let it blow over. Some people, it doesn't eat them apart. Some some people doesn't eat them alive. And to me, it does. I I get eaten alive by the idea that, you know, somebody has gotten one over on me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's yeah. I'm, I'm just generally fueled by spite as a person. So I know. <laughs> I think we you know, all. I think I, we're all. I, I, t- I tell you right now. <clears throat> yesterday, yesterday we were driving down Las Vegas Boulevard lunchtime, looking for a place to eat. What do we see? Chilies. Chili. No chilies. <laughs> no chili. You're not getting any more money from me. Chilies. You're done. Uh, You're not, again, if you want to, I want you to Google Chili's Las Vegas. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Call like, wait, Chili's corporate Lake. and just ask them a question. What did you guys do to John Gaffer? That's what I want you to Cracker Barrel fire Brad's <laughs> yeah. wife. Yeah. Two questions. I will die. We want to know why did Cracker Barrel fire his wife? And what did you do, John Gaffer? But again. You're, you're right. And, and I, and I tr- as much as I try to be a practitioner of modern stoicism, it's hard, man. It's, it's hard yeah. to let stuff work. Oh, I, I, I'd like to pretend that I'm a modern practitioner of Buddhism until something <laughs> pisses happens, which no, just and completely go, derails me. I could sit there and cross my leg and go to a yoga class and be like, man, I am, I am at the center of my being. Then all of a sudden, they'll what? be like, what did it, you say? Some, somebody won't pull off into the intersection to make a left. <laughs> Start throwing shit. All of a sudden, it's like, you can take that ancient wisdom. <laughs> It's, yeah, I don't, I don't know how people do just let 
things blow by. Like I, that's in a, whenever I'm faced with something crazy, it, it's either something with work, which I'm 100% with you guys. You have to just attack it. Yeah. You have to attack it, attack it. Now, if it's something that's, you know, maybe a big, like when I got out of high school, I did not know what I was going to do. I was supposed to go play football and I just didn't want to. And I, I kept interviewing for just sales jobs at the local, you know, RC Willards or whatever, and kept getting turned down. They're like, what, where'd you go on your mission? Mission. And I got so uh, defeated you didn't by mention, all you this. You didn't mention that was in Utah. Yeah, yeah in, that in was in Utah. Utah. I'm sorry, yeah, Utah. Yeah. But no, I got so defeated and I was so lost at who I was that I just finally had to say, you know what? Step back, look at the whole situation and then figure it out from there. And that's when I stepped back and realized, you know what, screw these guys. It's going to be in my balls in my court, right? Like I'm going to take it and I'm going to go, I'm going to go do it. If I mess up my life, it's because of me, not because of a boss, not because of somebody else telling me what I do. So, so that's when I got into real estate. But and again, a year but again, later, that's, selling, ta- that's taking control of yep, the situation. It's actually called your LOC, your locus of control. Yep. yep. Yeah. People with a high locus of control uh, tend to be people that are going to be out more successful in sales and things like that. Well, I think too, it comes down to how quickly people want to point the finger, how quickly they want to mm-hmm. pull the thumb. Right. That's one of my things, you know, stop pointing the finger, start pulling the yep. thumb. Yeah. Um, whenever I deal with people in business you know, that work for me and whatever, and there's a moment of adversity, if you, you know, there's a look I make on my face. And if you ever want to know what, if you ever see me make this face, for those of you watching on YouTube, if you see me make that face, that's because I'm trying to get to the bottom of something and you're immediately going into defensive mode. Like mm-hmm. it might not be you, mm-hmm. But it might be you. Might be you. <laughs> we yeah. just haven't gotten there yet to figure it out. But if you're immediately scrambling to make a situation not your fault, then chances are you're going to have a much longer road to get to yeah. back to where you want that, to be. That's or a huge you won't element even of fix character. It. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge element of character of people that will take ownership of the losses as well as the wins. Well, and you yeah. can so. fix it too. Like if yeah. I'll be the first one that if I make a mistake, I'm made a mistake. Because if you can't admit it, then everybody's just always defensive, 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 and no one will come to the solution. If I make a mistake, I'm going to be the first one to say, I made a mistake, but here's how we're going to fix it. Well, because it. because you have the control to fix that. Yeah. That's why. And I don't think a lot of people realize anything in the world can be fixed most of the time. See, that's mm, most I, of the time. no, that's that's not true. You I, don't I think disagree. So? No, I disagree. Yeah, ask Chili's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chili's Chili's could have fixed it. No, they, they would have to bring a bag. They would have to bring out the bag. No, no, the, the, the point the point is when you say anything in the world can be fixed, that is not true. That's and not the true. reason I say that is because no. anything internally that you know, anything you have direct control over can be fixed. That's There's true. plenty that's of outside true. circumstances that cannot be controlled, which is why people get in situations of self pity. Yeah. And self doubt and the world is yeah. against me and this and that dude you've got to take control of things that you right. can can actually control come yeah. on colt no, take no, control I, of your I, life I, I, that's a Jesus. great that's a great thing about happiness right whether or not you are comfortable realizing there is a world outside of your control and controlling the things you can have you seen those diagrams yeah, yeah. are you stressed yeah, yes yeah. no yeah is it something yeah. you can control it's like yeah then don't yeah, worry move about on. It. do something move about on. it no move on yeah don't worry about yeah. it like so one of my favorite sayings is don't borrow don't borrow trouble from tomorrow yeah, I love that saying. When when my wife gets stressed out about something that you know could happen, could happen. It's like, babe, if it's going to happen, we'll deal with it then. Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow. There's no reason to deal with that. that way. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, it's great phrase. It's a great way to live. I love it. You know, you know what else? In, not to change the subject, but man, this I had the most profound thing that I thought of this weekend, which is crazy. And I was watching a, uh, I was watching an old clip, and it was uh, Steve Jobs, and he says, you know, you're going to die. 
is what he said to me morbid. He goes, wait, what? Yes. Yeah, what <laughs> Shocker. I know. He, 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 the guy really <laughs> could predict the future. Really good. No, but he said, he's, he said, you know, when you come to grips with the fact that you're going to die, yeah. everything else becomes inconsequential. You know what? It, it, you're going to die. So does this decision really going to, is it that big of a deal compared to that? No, the finality of how it is. And when I started thinking about that, I mean, obviously understanding that you start to a want to squeeze more out of every day, yeah. not waste time, not do things. Cause you don't know what it is. And I swear it's like, there was a, remember that movie with Justin Timberlake where they had like the clocks on their wrists. The Alpha dog. Yeah. No, 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 no. Didn't watch any. No, no, no. no, no. no, no. no, no. no, no. I, I didn't no, say it, but no, I know it, what it you're was, talking it about. It was called out of time. That's yep, what it was yep. oh, where, okay. where time was like a commodity and they had to run around and, get time on a little band. If their time hits zero, they would die. So it was sort of like that Jason Statham movie where he had to get the adrenaline going. I'm sure. sure, Probably (laughs) like, like every movie there was, but But, but, but they had a clock on their wrist that showed them how much time they had left. And if you had that kind of a situation where you knew exactly how many days, how many days you had left, right? Right. How would that change the way that you lived? And I was sitting at, at, at Outback because we wound up going to Outback because no way, Chili's not going to you. <laughs> we wound up going to Outback. And as we're sitting there, I'm just watching like some of the employees that were there mm-hmm. just drone through their day. And I'm thinking like if you, if you were trading that, if you had a clock over your head, like floating over your head saying right. how much time you had left and you're trading your time for that. Right. Like, no, that's that. Yeah, that, that what is your time really worth? So that is my greatest fear. Remember, we were talking about a lot of these things. I think mm-hmm. I mentioned on here before that one of my fears is die. Now I've kind of gotten over my fear of death specifically, but I don't want to live an unlived life, right? Mm-hmm. So right. at the end of the day, like it's a th- there's a Stephen King novel called uh, Insomnia. Yeah, with the with the little guys with, with the, the balloon scissors. guys yeah. who the cut, cut and, your lifeline. Yeah, they cut so your you lifeline. You have your lifeline, and it it's, floats away. Yeah. It's a determined sort of time. Now, if Great you, book. If you could see, oh, I, was, I, I loved it. I love that book. I love that book. It's funny. You read that. Did we just become best oh, friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Cole. But it's a thousand page book. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I loved it. Literally a thousand page book. You don't hear about that. Was just phenomenal. That deals with social issues. And anyway. Uh, I'll talk to you about that later. Yeah, I love that. I love um, but if you had, if you knew what your balloon line looked like, yeah, yeah, how oh, would yeah. you live? Would you be nice to your kids? Mm-hmm. Well, then do that now. Like, yeah. it's hard to. It's the perspective, right? And there's that line in Fight Club. He's like, "Well, after fighting, everything gets the volume turned down a little bit." Yeah. Right? Things that truly don't matter, you start to let go when you have physically exhausted yourself, and that comes back to that sports in a yeah. weird 360. When you're out there doing difficult things, whether it's fighting sports or working really hard at your job, a lot of times some of that banal shit the banality of your day-to-day life can go away mm-hmm. right you can start to get better perspective when you're truly out there exhausting your potential yeah i think a lot of people they work the nine to five they get home they eat shitty foods they watch shitty programs and they're really not expressing you know who they were when they were five there's that book mastery by was it robert green it's talking about the concept of to find your happiness think about what made you happy when you were a little kid sure Mm-hmm. And go fucking do that now. Right. Yeah. Right. Just go do that. Like you're, you're dying. And I know you have responsibilities when you bring kids in the world. Right, right. And you do all these things. But I mean, me, I would rather have less. I, I would have had less as a kid to know that my parents were out there really swinging for the fences. Yeah. You know, because that's kind of how you grow up and look. And uh, just not to get off another tangent, but I was watching Anthony Bourdain and he went to Namibia. Kind of, I've been going over the Bourdain stuff again after mm-hmm. watching Roadrunner. And you see what a lot of times people live like, what they have to eat and right. what they have working right. for them or, or what, you know, and they're alive and they're fine. Did you, like, a lot of times they, they're happy. Did you, did you, did you, you ever notice that? Completely did, reasonable. Did, did yeah. you happen to see the episode with him with the frozen octopuses no. when he got so blackout drunk at the meal? 
because he just could, he just wanted to just he just wanted to, which which one was he that? Li- he went to, I don't know where he went he went somewhere in Italy or something and he says and he's he's commentating over the the actual episode he's like this was the he goes look when we go do this stuff it's real it's true we tell real stories with real chefs he goes this was a complete farce from the beginning to the end, and I was so bothered by it. He goes, so they go out hunting for octopus or whatever it is. Oh, but they were frozen. Goes, they were throwing, he goes, I'm underwater with the guy, and we're looking for octopuses, and I hear this, kathunk, 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 <laughs> and I look up, and I'm seeing these frozen octopuses falling down. down. And this like, guy, do you know who I am? And this like, guy is, not what I do. And this guy wow. is, he goes, he, you know, it's worse, and he's gathering them, and then he goes, at the end of it, then we have to go ashore where he beats the dead frozen octopuses oh, against the rocks to kill them. And then he goes, and then the meal was so ridiculous. He goes, I was so put off by the whole thing. By the time I even got to the meal, I was blackout drunk. That's funny. <laughs> so he's that sitting at the table, a, yeah. and he doesn't even, <laughs> it's, it's, it was epic. What a epic great board name. But yeah, but just, my point was watching Botswana or Namibia, and you see people that live off the same types, and they don't hunt and they, they're not agrarian so they're not like raising yeah. crops mm-hmm. they just go out and forage to this you know to this day there's people that forage for their food yet they have dances and song and tradition and all this stuff right and life is difficult but they're still alive we have this thing where oh my god if i don't have a brand new apple i'm gonna fucking die and at the end of the day step back my, and go my iphone comes out in about three weeks so just keep that in mind what's that new iphone comes oh, out does it? Just, just let you know, there's a reason for it to have an iPhone, buddy. No, Colt, you want to talk about no. that or no? Oh my it's god, overrated, <laughs> overrated. Colt, iPhone. Colt, Colt today goes, man, my phone broke, oh, and I gosh. took it to the uh, took it to the to the store to T-Mobile, and I'm like, can you guys help me fix the button and this and that? And they wouldn't do it. It was an hour and forty five minutes, and I was like, why don't you just take it to the Android store? Oh, they don't have one. Colt of those. screws up every Such group chat he's in. Every is that not group one? Chat. Maybe Android. that's a reason. Okay, do you guys love group chat? <laughs> Oh, God. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back when we talk about some more stuff. We're going to talk about this new DeMello show, in case you guys don't know what that is. We're going to talk about Las Vegas and why people still come here. And uh, we're going to talk about how to kick people with green bubbles out of group chats. So we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> I, saw, I literally saw me. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Back again, back again, back again, boys. Part uh, two, part two. Part two. Yeah, if you remember, if you're if you're watching us on YouTube, give me a solid. Give us a subscribe. Give us a like. Give us a share. Give us one of those things. Give us something that you throw there in the uh, comments. It'd be great. Would be good. But uh, man, we went to lunch today. I gotta tell you, Connell. Me, we went to lunch, and we have a new Thai restaurant right here by the office. And you know when you go to a Thai restaurant, you're like, can I get like a four or can I get like a seven? <laughs> you never know what that nothing. is. Dude, I, four could be nuclear okay. or yeah. four yeah. could no, be no, like no, no, water. No, no, no. Now, there's certain Thai restaurants that you go to and I think they have it down, right? Yeah. And then you have these guys, which are just kind of like Yahtzee. Like they're just like <laughs> Yahtzee. Like, yeah. they're, like there's that one seed they put in the sauce and maybe you get it, maybe yeah. you don't. You want four ghost peppers? <laughs> oh, God. No, but it, it was just, it was absolutely ruthlessly hot. Yes. To the point where, like, I got back for an hour. It reminded me of something I saw with you yesterday. Tell us what you did yesterday. So we set up uh, that show, Hot Ones. I'm absolutely fascinated by it. I yeah. love that show. I think Sean Evans does a great job interviewing. It's a lot of fun for me because first time I saw it, I'm like, who's this dry guy? And after right. watching him, you kind of understand his personality, and it's really fun. So I went out, as I'm apt to do. The minute I see something, I jump online, and I buy it. 
I get it ordered to my house. So I got, <laughs> I got six like from uh, four and on or something of the spices, not the first ones because those are just classic hot sauces. Yeah, got the hottest ones, including the Apollo last dab, which is the um, a mash That's of the, the hottest one. pepper on planet Earth. What, okay. how do, what, what's the it's like they hybridize the what do they call the scale scovilles scovilles so right, tabasco's right. 4000 scovilles yep these these peppers whatever they are again pepper x they call it <laughs> is um is a mix of splices between the trinidad scorpion the 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 what do they call that the ghost pepper and then the yeah. carolina reaper yeah. the carolina reaper was done by this guy smoking ed from Pucker Butt Peppers. <laughs> yeah, he was, was smoking something, <laughs> yeah, from, something from a company called Pucker Butt Peppers. Okay, mm. smoking Ed Sheeran or something. And anyway, um, so I'm like, well, this is a great idea. I should try this because I grew up in a house where you know ketchup was hot sauce. Like my, <laughs> like like a one, you know, margarine was too spicy. Margarine was too spicy for my dad. So I've kind of been fascinated by people that could eat really hot foods, and so just like anything in life, I I can do that. Sure. So. I've had run-ins before with hot food, and it's always been fine with me. Never really a problem. So we set them up, went out, got a bunch of <laughs> wings from PTs. By the way, uh, PTs is the opposite of Chili's. Fantastic wings. Fantastic. <laughs> Big, meaty, great wings. Just try it out. They got a new distributor three months yeah, ago. See, Chili's. Figure it, see, <laughs> figure it, figure it out, Chili's. Chili's. Yeah, again, so. again, please call Chili's Corporate and just ask them, what did you do to John Gafford? <laughs> I go. would make my day if you would just do that for me. So, would make so, my day. Yeah, so the wife had, the, the, the Caitlin had these dishes. We set it up like they do in Hot Ones with the milk and the ice water and the whole thing. And while we're at PT's, this guy goes, hey, our guy in the back makes this trinidad scorpion sauce of course he does he's like i almost killed two guys with it last week <laughs> and i go well it's not hotter than the apollo so we'll make it our second sauce right and anyway if you watch the show there's this one called the bomb and it's yes the, it's the, the it's last the, one the second it's the third to last oh, third to last sorry it's the one before the penultimate okay uh penultimate uh, I see what you did second there. last I see what you did um there. so <laughs> I, I want the I want the oh, I want the God. drop. <laughs> but, um, so this one called the bomb. All the other spices that they build up to were just nice. Some were okay. Kind of tastes like chili verde, whatever. Going through, yeah. and then you get to the the bomb, and, and it, it was, it's game time. It was so fucking gross. <laughs> like it was so gross. It tasted like if you dumped a bunch of dry cayenne pepper on your tongue. <laughs> Yeah. And so it says it's 135,000 Scoville units, okay? And this the last one is 3 million. <laughs> oh, God. You're doing so, this with and, your wife. And the wife, wife, I was about to say, she, the yeah, wife is doing this, too? She's wing for wing. Because, <laughs> oh. yeah, she's got a bit of the sniffles right now, and she can't really taste anything. So it's not COVID. <laughs> but she just thought this would be the right time to do it because oh she's like, God. well, I can't taste anything. So I would, I would love to taste something right now. Yes. So maybe we can break through. Eat the bomb, and we are both just fucked from it. Just... <laughs> Throw up? Just no, it's hot. Like it's like you licked charcoal. <laughs> if someone has a zippo on your tongue, it's not fun. It's it's really painful. So we get through and go through, and and she had just slathered this shit on it. I read the ingredients. I do. I go online. It's like add a drop to a, a gallon of chili <laughs> or something. You know, it is not for. It's not a sauce. Like it's not for consumption right. like that. My face is just on fire <laughs> and just absolutely relentless, relentless heat. And so we go do the next two, and they are nothing in comparison. Really? Just, oh, because you put... Because you, yeah, you, you, you just burnt off. Diluted. You didn't dilute it. You just put the death sauce on there. But she did that again with that last dab. Like, she put it straight on the wing. 
that nuclear Apollo three. But it's because you were just already done. But I mean, how do you? There's no such thing as half pregnant, right? Like you're kind of you're kind of at the end. So can't do that. Anyway, so we got through it all, ate it all. I go look up a review of this thing called the bomb, and they're like, "Don't eat this. It's it's really terrible. It's funny to make people go through it. It it hurts way more than literally those million X Scovilles." This is the one that's, and that show's built on that premise. Yeah. Where that is the top of the mountain. Yeah. Really? That's the one. That's the one. Because if you get to that and you pass it, you're, you, well, you okay. won't die. All right. Sp- speaking of passing it, I know we all want to know. It's been a solid day now. What's, uh, yeah. what say you, counselor? Which, uh... it, it, it's one of the worst ideas I've ever had. <laughs> Rough night, rough night, oh. rough everything. It's, it's not. It's just not for your 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 mushy insides are weak. Okay, you have battery acid in your stomach, and I right. thought that would take care of it. No, and no. I mean, I'm talking about the tips of your fingers. Are, are, would you ever try it again? There's absolutely no reason. <laughs> there's nothing good about it. It's like saying, "Hey, I, I've never been kicked the nuts." Cole, give, give me a real good solid kick on the nuts. <laughs> After you do it, you're like, okay, I did that. Wow, wow, last time. First that, that's that's about the end of it for me. Oh, right. well, this oh. guy's over here at the number three, crying Dude, at lunch I, today, bro. I, no, I, technically, technically, I got the four and a half. Yeah, because Scott said four, so I'm like, I got yeah, you know, it, got a man up a little bit past Scott, so I said four and a half. You know, what I got the, the, I got the desk. Dude, I was sweating. My nose was running. I was complained like, the whole time. I don't know if I go. He complained the whole time. Oh, God, it was one, hot. One server goes to five, one goes to ten. Well, That's, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know what it is? I don't know what it is about John, but anytime we go have Thai food, he loves to be a smartass. <sighs> He's the biggest smartass. We can go to lunch every day and be fine. But once we go to a Thai restaurant, there's some smart-ass remark he's got to do. Then they forget who made the remark, and they always think it's me, so they never bring no, my food no, out. No, 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 So John talked to let, let, let's, let's be clear. When we, every time, wherever else that we go to, they look at you and they go, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> just before before we <laughs> oh, even sit I down. I never get my miss. Right? That's 100% what <laughs> oh, happens. They, yeah, because they just, you, you're. Standing orders. No, it, it is five minutes after us every, every time. time. Every well, they time. They see the Android. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> of course. Exactly. They see the droid. They're like, yeah, you guys hey, yeah. You know yeah, they're like, this guy wants to get my text my text yet? No. This guy's going to fuck up every group chat forever with all his friends. All his civilized friends have obviously iPhones. Yeah. And that nice blue. Not true. Col- Colt Not laughed true. at comment. Thanks, Colt. That same, that, yeah. <laughs> no Colt one catches when I actually <laughs> type that out. <laughs> am I texting Colt or am I in WhatsApp? What's <laughs> Hey, what's wrong with WhatsApp? It's just there you go, an Android guy. You guys are all high and mighty on your iPhones. Fuck. Oh, God. Speaking of high and mighty, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about Las Vegas, man, because there was an interesting article I was reading today talking about online gambling and the prevalent, you know, how prevalent it has become. And, you know, now there's casinos seemingly everywhere. I mean, I, th- I don't think there's virtually anywhere in America you can't drive an hour and get to some sort of a casino. Right. And it got me thinking, you know, what, you know, what has Las Vegas done to remain the mecca of that industry that is now completely diluted, that so many people still get on Spirit Airlines and fight each other on the way here? I mean, what, wow. like... Do you go to like, Chuck E. Cheese for the pizza? No, well, no, it's, Pasqua, it's Pasquale's Pizza now. That's, yeah, you can, you you can that? order it during Come COVID. Come on, you, you had to have heard, you've had to have heard this. Oh, COVID. Oh, really? yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Dur- during COVID. COVID, at the very first of COVID. Oh, yeah. yeah. During, Brilliant power it, move, it was, by it was, that's, that's power yeah, move. That's power That's for you, Chuck E. Cheese. That's for you. No, Chuck E. Cheese went on... When the, when the, and rebranded their name or just made up hit, a name. They just made up a name 
Pasquale's Pizza and put it on all of like the the, the Grubhub grub and all the oh, 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 oh. so people were ordering pizza from <laughs> Pasquale's <laughs> saying it's Chuck amazing and it was, whatever. Oh, that's great. And that's it was great. Chuck E. Cheese's but, but just I'm cardboard saying, you pizza. You go to Chuck E. Cheese to have your kids play on the thing and the, the lights. It's for your kids, right? Now do that for adults. You don't come here to gamble. No, no, no. I, I agree. You but but, but my, my, my point was, let's try to dissect. <laughs> let's let's pull apart, if you will. Sure. What Las Vegas has done to remain a the number one destination in the world for this, even Sin though it's side diluted. City. I know. So 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 I have a great. I, I have this really thing about this city that I love. Talk about marketing efforts. Yeah. Okay. The Sin City Brilliant. thing. You go. What is Las Vegas in people's minds versus what it actually looks like, right? Everyone thinks it's going to be the hangover. Everybody thinks it's going to be swingers. I think they want it to be that. They want it to be. But here's the thing. Everybody wants to have a place, right, where they can go and get crazy. What happens is you get three of your buddies. Two of them are splitting hotel rooms. They think they're going to (laughs) come meet, like, hot chicks and gamble and win and take the house down. It's going to be this huge party. And they get here. They end up, like, you know, going out for dinner at 8 because – the guys were dicking around and having a beer down. You know, yeah. it's this back and forth where it's never what you think it's going to be. And then you go to a nightclub and they talk to some girl who's in a bachelor party from Oklahoma and yeah. they go home that night going, bro, did you see I almost got that girl's number? Right. <laughs> it's not like four guys having <laughs> I, some t- I, I almost got her number. Wow. Instead of this, they think it's going to be a freak fest for all their buddies. It's just going to be this crazy wild guys night out. It's really not a lot's happening. But they've sold the image of there being this wild and crazy time so hard. That people will go just to have the freedom, the luxury of freedom to act a fool or to to just be able to not be in their nine to five, their day to day routine, right? And then they'll go home, be like, "Man, that was such a crazy trip." Meanwhile, nothing really happened. Yeah, well, I think because like, you can't. Prostitution's yeah. not legal here. Drugs aren't legal. <laughs> yeah, ding, ding, ding. Like, Shocker. There's, there's a lot of stuff that people Shocker. think it's a free for all here, and it's not. It's highly well, regulated. But, it's highly. But, but 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 apparently that's getting less deregulated. Do you know that there's weed stores on Fremont? On Fremont. Which I don't know how they got past that. I, yeah, I mean, that zoning where? and that thing. Down on Fremont. Like on Fremont like, under on, the canopy. On the the. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Scott went down there this weekend. Friend of ours. Scott Spencer. went down there and watched uh, yeah. Three Doors Down play down downstairs and or downtown. They played for free outside, and he said that there's. He says now there's like weed stores on Fremont, and it's not like the CBD oil. He they walked in, it was legit like weed stores, and he goes there were so many people, and it was so hot, and it was so much weed smoke hanging in the air in Fremont. He goes, you just couldn't even. He goes, my eyes were burning. I, I think that is probably one of the That's biggest the negative things we have going on in Vegas is not weed, but the smell of it, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not That a big smell, fan. you no. go through any walkway to go to a casino and yeah. it's, I don't, I don't get it, but I think that's something that really needs to be taken care of here because I think it's pissing off a lot well, of gamblers, they're, they're, a lot of they're, people. They're trying to get the la- they're trying to get the smoking lounges now. They're trying to get those licenses. Yeah, I think, that's which I think they should. Just yeah. like cigars. Like yeah. if you Fuck. if you don't start it on that. If you don't like cigars, right? I get it. You go to a smoking lounge. Well, okay, here's the thing. I have a I'm a huge Cool. You love cigars. I'm a huge cigar You person. like a good cigar, don't you? I haven't smoked a cigar and I had Tried to smoke a cigar one time okay. in the last ten years. All right, cool. All right, that, I'm with you. I don't, I'm not my thing, right? I and don't. I yeah. see, okay. and I'm the opposite. <laughs> okay, I love it, but you have to have respect, right? Like, I will never go have a cigar, John. You've never I've, seen me. No, no, you've no. never seen me smoke a cigar. I'll go well, to in a Mexico, cigar. In Mexico. Oh, Mexico. Smoke. Okay, but I'll go to cigar bars, right? Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. walking around like. Perfect. You know what you're getting. If you know you're coming you're to Vegas and you're a cigar person, you guys. 
don't smoke cigars at the table. Don't smoke them walking don't around the casino. walk through the casino yeah. with it's, a cigar. It's kind of obnoxious. And I it is obnoxious. It's so obnoxious. Oh, and I love it. Yeah. I love the cigar smoke, but that is such a, a dick it's move. It's just a lot. Oh, it's yeah. such a dick But move. I think you sit there and say nothing really happens in Vegas, and I get what you're saying, but yeah. I think also we have been really uh, – I think our lack of awareness of how wild our lifestyles or our uh, things around us are. Like I walked down the strip to meet some people on Saturday, girls topless walking around. And (laughs) I I walked by and didn't even think of it. Right. And then people are like, See that girl topless, topless, and I'm like, what girl? Ooh, like what? And everybody, yeah, 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 no, yeah. no she had like a yeah. coat, but it's open. But yeah, I, I'm just like, I don't know. I guess I started well, thinking that. Well, well, two, well, there's two. I mean, I always tell people the worst thing about living in Vegas is you don't get to go to Vegas. Oh, that's, that's what I, yeah. But that's that's a real good point. It is. It is a good point. We go to like Napa. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I know. And, and, and even the shows like Zumanity. So well, we've, that, we've, yeah. Yeah. we're disdain for humanity. Oh, it's a dildo! Look at oh my crazy. goodness! Like two guys kissing. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, nobody cares anymore. Like if you're not from the middle of you know some midwestern town where that kind of isn't. That the there's norm. But I think there's, the middle I think of there's a lot of those people. See it all the time. Yeah, maybe it's shocking. Yeah, I, I think there me, are a lot of people, and I think that's where my point is, is yeah. because. Maybe you see a lot of dildos, Chris. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've been over to your house. <laughs> I feel like he's looking at one right now. Do you want a, you want a fun real estate story? So one of my buddies is like, hey, come with me. Um, I'm flying in to look at this penthouse at Turnberry. Very nice luxury that, um, high rise. We go up. The lady's 80 years old. We go in and we're looking at the bathroom. And he goes, is that a gold penis? And I'm like, no. And he goes, I swear her um, faucet was a gold penis with balls. And I looked, I'm like, no, the lady's 80-something, but it does look like a penis. I'll give you that. Turn the corner. There is a wall that's probably 15 by 10 feet of diamond encrusted, like just dildos. She had to have them. No, no. Like a million dollars. I I turned to the guy. Yeah, no. (laughs) But I turned to the guy and go, that definitely was a penis and balls in the yeah. bathroom. But the weirdest stuff you see in Vegas, but I think you do. I think you just, it's, I, that's I, great I, I, what you said. You're habituated to it a little bit. But yeah. the, my point is, it's not the hangover. Well, I think, I think what Vegas has done is, is they've done an excellent job of hanging on to the history of what made it where it is. While adapting to where the, the ball is going, mm-hmm. I mean, which is which is really well, it's a really interesting Food dynamic you're seeing right now. All of that, but yeah. but but just you're saying, you know, it went from, you know, the Rat Pack and the swinging '60s and that stuff to the mega resorts of the, or, you know, when Steve Wynn first built the Mirage, and yeah. then that became this, and then you've got all these giant hotels coming down when the old guard comes down and the new hotels cardboard pirates come up, and then you go through recently, then you go through the million dollar night DJ craze, which I think is is rapidly T- on its off. way out. Yeah. 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 Oh God. Yeah, I, I, after the after the at fiasco the with the palms, oh yeah. my god! After that, yeah, what that, an that's interesting palms. situation. Yeah, well, that's hence why it's sold. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and hence why it's, it yeah. opened. It opened for like what seven months? Yeah, eight yeah, months. yeah. Um, at, for those you of you, you don't, for those of you who don't know what that story is, so uh, there was apparently a little bit of uh, the palms opened up here with uh, a, a star studded, if you will, DJ lineup uh, with Cardi Marshmallow, B, Cardi B, and, yeah. and all these residents, and it found out that. Some of these contracts they got, I think Marshmallow was making what a million, two million a night, something, something stupid, nuts. something nuts. And then it and it came out that not all that money was necessarily staying in the pocket of the artist and some of the guys that actually cut the deals 
were participating in some of those profits. And so it, it, it some really, of those people are not in the states. Are not though. in the states. Yeah, they <laughs> the fled the country. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they fled the country, and, and, and there you go. But you know. I think the DJ culture now, I think people are sick of it. I think, I think they're over it. And you're looking at if you, have you, have you been to Delilah yet at the yeah. one? Yes. You've been to Delilah. I mean. And that's so throwback. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's bring, what, if you, those of you who don't know in Vegas right now, there's this really big kind of throwback going on, yeah. like Chris just said, where they're bringing back some of what made Vegas kind of glamorous Vegas, in the sixties, right. yeah. these showrooms, these, these, these supper clubs. Uh, Delilah is, is a beautiful supper club. It actually yeah. looks like it's out of the great Gatsby. It's I gorgeous. thought yeah, it's totally Gatsby. It's weird because it's Gatsby. Gatsby, but they bring in like 50s stuff too. Yeah, so really it's 20s, cool. 50s, and like 70s. Yeah. yeah, I think you're. I think you're gonna see a shift from from the more to that to like, and they they had a jazz cabaret playing, and they, yeah. which I personally was thrilled about. Because because who did you talk to that night at your table? Um, I can answer that. Anybody you wanted yeah. to, because you could actually hear what the <laughs> yeah. hell was going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have that, to scream. Is that not the worst? Yeah. Like going to a restaurant, and you got to scream. And I, I think the lounges are going to make a real big comeback. I mean, they really have in Vegas. But I think a lot of that old school, mid-century stuff's going to play back. Uh, but also, they're trying to get, I mean, Resorts how, World's kind of going to Ibiza type of mm-hmm. you know, How much do you film? think of that is because of COVID and people realizing that I don't maybe want to be crammed around all these people well, I, you know i think it was, I it was out before that okay, that and, and, I'm, and i'm sorry the, the nightclub operators in vegas do such a piss poor job it's one thing they're terrible at of of dealing with the entrance to the club of the people that want to be in the club right, absolutely i mean i, I look I, I never walk up to a nightclub not on the list i just it's just something i just would sure. never obviously do. Right. wouldn't go you just wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't even bother to try to do it no. but even when you have a table when, when you have a table with people and it's reserved and it's a whole thing. Still half hour. Okay, you got to stand out front. Then you go into this holding pen. Then you go to this holding pen. Then, dude, just. Hey, can you go get Bob? He's got my thing. Okay, Bob's going to be your host and you have to yeah, go in. Yeah. And, yeah. You know what? I, look, I, I used to run a nightclub. I used to run several of them back in the day. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Here's a secret. The people outside your club are not spending any money. If you get them yeah. in, they will spend more money than out. I don't. But I think a lot that. of it is psychologically it. too. I think they like it's to make the, the line d- look. Whoever big. came up with know. that is the yeah. dumbest thing. Wow. Well, it's, it's like the a legion thing. trying to buy a beer at a game. By the way, too. Oh, oh yeah. god, I don't understand what a any operator. Disaster. No. But that I don't mean just their cash. systems failing. I mean when we went for the first preseason game, it took me thirty minutes to get a beer. <clears throat> oh boy, thirty minutes to stand in line. It was wall to wall people standing in line. I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't like an overcapacity event. This is just a preseason half sold out game. Yeah. Okay. Where, where were you? In the Allegiant? Yeah. Where were you seeing? Like, like, those are like you... literally 50 yard line tickets. Oh, uh, yeah, that's not good. Like that was the nice section. Yeah. That's not good. That's, you weren't like in the. No, in the, we weren't. The... No, th- those weren't the bleeder seats. Okay. Got so, it. So <laughs> uh, I think a lot of business. 50 yard line do. in like the threes. Yeah. Oh, geez. Like real sitting nice, low. Yeah. Great. 30 minutes to get a beer. They don't have. Guys, beer vendors. The, the beer vendors. I noticed. Where's my peanut guy? Where's that guy? Where, the, where is that any of that? Allegiant has really dropped you know, the ball. You know, on well, here's here, you know why though. Because you know why? Because they're cash. They're cashless. cashless. Yeah, but those guys stand there too at the Knights game and they're cashless. Yeah, there, there are beer people ah, at that's Allegiant. A good, that's a good there, point. There that's are a good point. The, and you know what's so funny is the guy's like, wait, you're charging me fourteen for that beer? I just paid nine bucks on the guy. The beer guy goes. Oh, when's the last time you've been to a game? Because 
Nine dollars, we can get you a water. No, no, but <laughs> no, he was complaining Back at the Guns N' Roses. No, but yeah, it was, was whatever it was. It was yeah. like a five dollar difference, and the yeah. guy goes, "It's twenty three as opposed to eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, "He's like, well, get your ass up and walk up there and buy a beer." Then I'm like, "Wow, that's great customer yeah. service." There you like go. Out of, but I think a lot of businesses are trying to make things so uh, automated that they don't realize it's making it so hard to spend money. Like I, I've felt like the last couple of years, I've been to a lot of businesses. I'm like. I want to spend money. I want more drinks. I don't, yeah. me and you, I think we're out and we had one drink. I think it was me and you. It was like two hours. We're like, really? We'd have had five or six. <laughs> yeah. The views of yeah. Cole Tomadon do not really. <laughs> no. Exactly. Oh, no, no. But I think just, I, I, I don't think people put themselves in yeah, their they, situations anymore. They no. haven't hired somebody from McKinsey to come down and maximize revenues. Let's put it that way. No. They've man. literally, you, maybe it's a way because it's Raider Stadium and they don't want to, maybe they're trying, trying to, not to get everybody to, fight drunk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Create bottlenecks to prevent there being overconsumption. Maybe, but how? Cause, cause, so why well, go to a football game? No, because 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 yeah. I'll tell you this. All right, this is a this is a helpful hint for anybody coming to Las Vegas to watch a Raiders game. If you're coming here, here's this. Okay, number one, we are at altitude here. We're not sea level. So if you're coming here, alcohol is going to affect you more than well in other places. Two thousand. If you are coming here, if, if you're coming here before October thirty first. Anytime before that, it is going to be hot as hell. You are going to be dehydrated. Alcohol is going to affect you differently. I saw so many people throwing up, I mean, just passed out, yeah. done in the stands that were Seahawks fans that were just cooked. Oh, yeah. Because they right. came he, and just, because yeah. I, I just don't think, they, no, I'll be fine. We, funny, we tailgate all day. They don't understand. I didn't even think about it's that. It's the same thing. Oh, 2,500 feet elevated. It's the same thing when you go to a game in, in Denver. It's the oh, same that's, thing. That's fifth. That's five thousand two hundred eighty feet. Yeah, but you go there and people are just done in the yeah. stands. The same thing, visitors. But you, I think, you've got to take I a, think you gotta, you're right. You got to take accommodation for that. Yeah. And the they heat. come here and the heat, mm -hmm. the it, elevation. It is what September seventh. It's one hundred and ten. It's one hundred and ten degrees outside. Yeah. I'm one of these weird sense. assholes now that I can't wait for the, the heat to continue. Really? Yeah, my wife won't get in the pool if it's like less than ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> like it literally has to be the dead hottest part of summer before we can enjoy it, it back. In the pool. Do you have the solar on the pool? No, you gotta get the uh, yeah, you gotta get the solar. I know. You gotta Wait, get, you didn't gotta I just solar. see your solar broke? No, dude, that was the um, that was the the pressure gauge on top of my filter blew, and it was like it was like old faithful. I mean, it was a streak of oh, yeah, water yeah, yeah, yeah. going all the way to the top of my house. I was yeah, like, I thought it was your solar. Well, no, here's funny. I'm I'm sit literally sitting in the house, and my daughter goes, Daddy. Does the pool look a little low? <laughs> I was like, I got there, I go, yeah. I mean, it's just like, no, no, he doesn't get down below like the black part. And I go, no, no, no. I mean, maybe he's cleaning the tile. Maybe the pool guy's doing something weird. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's fine. And then she goes, I don't, I don't, it doesn't look right. And as soon as I opened the door, I could hear it just, just raining. Why, why is your house. brother kayaking in our backyard? <laughs> exactly. We got that done. Oh, but you know what I want to talk, talk about though, to, before we run out of time on this episode was, I don't know if you know who the DeMellos are. These two girls, they have like 125 million followers on TikTok. It's insane. And they came out with a show this week, and I did not watch it. I just read an article on it. But it was funny because at some point, they're showing like what it's like to be an influencer behind the scenes of being an influencer. And this girl was very upset because of all the mean things that they get, sure. all the mean stuff you get. And then I'm, I'm going to kind of combo this with I saw – uh, a video of Lizzo that was out over the weekend where she was all upset crying about the hate that she gets from social media commentary because she feels that she's overweight and that's why she gets all this hate. 
And I got I got kind of a mixed bag of opinions on this. Like, All right. Why, so why read the comments? No, no. Well, well okay. Here, no, here's more. Let, let me let me tell you. So before there was Facebook, like back in the old days, kid. Before there was Facebook, <laughs> when Colt right? was buying nine dollars stadium beers. <laughs> when Colt was buying nine dollars stadium beers, exactly. Before there was all that, there were internet forums, is what they were called. All right. And these internet forums, there was one called Television Without Pity was the name of this this forum. And it was basically for fans of reality television to talk about reality television, right? And so when you do a reality television show, as I did back in the day on The Apprentice, um, I, you know, you do it, it's in the can. You, you shot it a long time yeah. ago. So you're at home, like back in your real life watching this stuff. And here we are running the tech firm. And man, I gotta tell you, it's so engrossing to watch people you don't know talk about you online. Oh, I bet. Uh, on that level. Yeah. And I mean, it was, and it, 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 gets, it gets consuming. And I tell you what, when they were talking good about me, because of course, you know, I, I like to say that I took the most dramatic nosedive in reality to show history after the first episode. Everybody's like, that guy's going to win by episode six. I'm like, fuck that guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, but man, when it was like, this guy's great, he's the best, man, this guy's awesome, go team John. I'm yeah. like, yeah, this Fed is great. And then they're it. like, this, you know, knockoff Shit, looks like Vince Vaughn and, <laughs> you know, got fat and had a kid and whatever loser wannabe. And I'm like, no, no, don't say that. I mean, it gets engrossing. And so part of me, you know, feels bad for these people because it did. It's a, it's a mind screw when they of turn course. on it. It is. But part of me also was like, doesn't that come with the business? Like, all right, it does. Didn't you know what you were getting into when you got into it? Yeah. It, look, the mature response and answer to all those things is why are you reading comments from people who don't know you, you don't know them. Some people go online to be mean because they're unhappy or whatever. Yeah. I stopped I stopped posting online about political stuff. I stopped posting online about things. I belong to some meme groups. I don't engage with people anymore because they, we're not having honest discourse. Yeah. You're not oh, sitting no. there thinking about somebody's feelings. Did I tell you that time that Craig Goliath posted something? He's this massive 360 pound bodybuilder who lives in town. No. And uh, a bunch of bodybuilders have passed away, and he wrote a comment on there. I think I might have mentioned this, oh, yeah, saying, yeah. Uh, you know, saying, "Oh, you know, gone too soon or whatever." And a bunch of people were like, "You're next." Oh, on this guy's fucking Instagram, yeah. and it's like, he's a person. Uh, not trying to, be and he's softy. a giant person. Well, why? Sh why should he have posted? Why should it's like that's his crime was yeah. going on there saying, "Hey, rest in peace." It's like you follow him. He doesn't know who you are. Right? There's a reason we're not talking about you because you don't do anything. Right. Yeah. So he does something, so you take your shots at him because you have a problem. That's a you problem. Yeah. You want to be have his notoriety for his physique. You want to be that person, and it doesn't manifest itself in reality. So you. So you're angry. So you take. But that's so. But we know that in psychology. But I think. But but again, I think I think I think it's wishful thinking, and it's not going to happen. Look, I mean, <clears throat> kids growing up in school, they have the don't be bullies, and they have all yeah. that stuff. Guys, as long as there is. You know, Two dark people breathing. There's gonna be yeah, going as long as there's bowling, dimly lit yeah. rooms and basements with computers. <laughs> yeah, there's going. gonna be guys banging yeah, on keyboards yeah. saying some nasty things. And you, and you will. It was the Twitter egg guy that was a yeah. commenter too is the Twitter yeah. egg. That's what yeah. the, used to be. That guy. He's not out there with a public persona and, no, and all these he stuff. Care. It's like, uh, who, who? What do you do for a living? Who are you? So Lizzo, it's like she's mad that people are commenting about her body size. It's like, well, Lizzo. Kind of the reason you're so popular that's is because the, girls thing. find you empowering. That's your thing for for seemingly not caring. Yeah, and like owning it and being out there about it. Right. Yeah. You're not wearing big sweaters, girl. You have got like a lot of different stuff that shows that. Hey, look at me. My persona is somebody who's comfortable and who with I the am. way I look. Yeah. And who I am. 
So own it. Steer into it. Yeah. You can't have it both ways, though. Yeah. You just can't. No. Sure, perfect world, people wouldn't be assholes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we know that people can be assholes. So, well, it's especially just, when they can hide behind a fake sure. Twitter or fake thing. And that's it. it, it yeah. And I don't think there's no one in the world that can get hate mail and it doesn't bother them. It, yeah. it, it's based on, like, you look at Kevin Durant. What was that? Only two years ago oh, that he yeah. came out that he had a fake Twitter going after people, bad mouthing them? Like, you're, you're the, you're on in my opinion, the best basketball player out there, right? Like, why would you? But I think people don't realize how to take in negativity and just let it go You're through. Not supposed process to, we're not supposed to have this, though. Here's the thing. What's that called? Is it Dunbar's number or whatever? The amount of people you should know in your tribe? Yeah. It's like you should really know about 125 people, right? There's yeah. some number. I don't remember exactly what it is. But there's amount of people that you can hold in your conscious thoughts, okay? Yeah. And that had to do with, like, tribal survival, because the fear was you being excommunicated from your tribe because that meant death. And that's in your DNA. So you have to hang on to so many people. You, well, you have to hang on to having some amount like of you. social acceptance. Yeah. Mm. You, will, you will fear social rejection because it means at a genetic level that that's death, right? So that's where that comes from. The, oh, my God, people don't like me. It's a panic, and it's in your DNA. I think it's at a molecular right. level that you need to be liked or want to be liked, socially accepted. And you'll throw someone else under the bus to maintain that. That's why that you're looking yeah, yeah. for social negotiation. Yeah. Well, I, I just think it's such an interesting thing that people will put people on pedestals and then start hammering down at the bottom of them with axes. Oh, yeah. and, and I think as, as long, again, as long as there's keyboards, uh, I think we're going to continue to see that. It's just one of those things. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of The Power Move. If you're watching us on YouTube, please do me a favor, like, subscribe, comment on the video below. If you're listening to us somewhere else, make sure you subscribe to get notified with new episodes. And if you like what we do, tell a friend. If you hate what we do, tell two. Because remember, it doesn't matter if we're talking good or bad. What is it, Chris? As long as they keep talking about you. As long as they keep talking about you. Next time, guys. Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Where we'll share any links that we've, things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.